0: Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamon. turn in your Bibles to the book of Hosea chapter one, verse 10, man. And if you're joining us for the first time today, man, we're so glad you're here today. And I pray that God speaks to you today. All right. The heart of God is what we're talking about this month. It's a brand new series, but it's really a brand new truth because I find that there's so many of us still in the body of Christ that do not understand the heart of God. We don't understand the heart of God. We're still confused. And many times we're confused, number one, because of bad teaching. Maybe, you know, churches that that we've gone to taught us all about the God of the Old Testament. And then they taught us all about how God's wrath was poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah and the people were destroyed and taught us about the wrath of God and the anger of God and, and how you, you better be careful that you don't mess up and, or God's going to send you to hell for doing the wrong thing. And, and we've learned so much about that side of God, but I don't feel like we understand enough the heart of God. Because even though God is a God that never, ever changes, one thing you need to understand about the power of what Jesus did, Jesus satisfied the wrath of God by giving himself as a ransom and dying upon the cross. God, uh, Jesus poured out his life so that you and I never have to taste the wrath of God. Can I get an amen today? Come on, y'all, y'all need to wake up. Y'all got to sleep in today. My 9 a.m.ers were shouting down the building in here. The early risers were ready to go. You guys got to sleep in. So come on, I need you to pull this word out of me today. Amen. Tell your neighbor today, help this pastor today. Tell him, tell him, help this pastor. So so, so we've got to understand this, guys. I think too many of us still don't understand the heart of God because we have to go beyond mental assent. And see, too many times we learn something mentally and we think we got it. But the Bible is very clear. It's not the word that you know with this, it's the word that you know in your heart. Because if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, you can have the things that God promises us. But here's the problem. How do I know if I have something in my heart? You know you have something in your heart when it affects your actions. You know it's in your heart when now it causes you to change your actions in life. And so the goal that we all have is not just to learn, okay? It's to learn the word and get it in our heart. And so one thing I think we're lacking is really understanding the heart of God. And today what I want to talk to you about is the heart of the Father, okay? the heart of the father. We have grown way too comfortable with terms in the church that we, we hear them so much, it loses its meaning. And we think we got it, but we really don't got it. I mean, let's think of that word father for a moment. As I say that word father, it, 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 it drums up emotions that are different in every single one of us here. For some of us, it, when I say the word father, I think of my father. And I think of how good he was to me and how and what he did for me and what I learned for him. And it's a figurehead of somebody that was solid, somebody that was in my home, that was a provider that took care of me. But for some of us, I say the word father, and you feel something in your body because he abused you. He hurt you with his words. He didn't provide for you. He cursed you. He called you stupid. He called you this, that, or the other. And so when you hear that word father, you know, the the, the psychologist will tell you your body responds to certain words. If you were somebody that was abused, when you hear that person's name or you hear the word like father or uncle, your body responds to that. And many times it gets tense and, 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 and it has a response that is negative. And so I believe that God in all his infinite wisdom chose to be revealed to us as father because there's something in that word that you and I need to understand. And here's the thing, Satan does not want you to understand the love of God's heart for you as a father. And this is why Satan has worked overtime in our society to attack fathers in our communities, in our homes. And he has done his very best to demonize fathers in, in community. I mean, he's going so far now to demonizing uh, 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 males in, in, in the media and trying to remove genders and trying to remove all these things. Why? I believe it's because Satan does not want us to have proper understanding of one of the most powerful revelations. And what is that revelation? That God is your father. He's not just your creator. He's not just your God. He's not just your deity. He's your dad. Now, again, that brings up a lot of different emotions because some of us didn't have a dad or the dad that we had was not a dad. He was an abuser. And so we have to, we have to really lean in and learn what does the word father mean? Because there's others of us, we had a dad, but he didn't function. Now let me say, I guess we had a father, but we didn't have a dad. See that word dad, it, it, has, it, it denotes a personal attention. It, it, it denotes affection. And some of us had a dad that showed no affection. Some of us had a father that we couldn't connect with. And so father to you is a very cold word. When you wanted something in your house, you never went to your dad. Who did you go to? You went to your mom. For some of us, so when we hear God the Father, we, we think we get it, but we really don't. And then there's some of us, we didn't even know our dads. We never were raised with our dad in the house. Dad was somebody we saw on the weekend. And Dad was somebody that took me to the movies, took me to Chuck E. Cheese, and bought me things. And now we we think, well, I, that's what a dad is. And in, I'm in my I'm, I'm 50 years old now, and I watch young fathers trying really hard to be good dads. And when I see them, the extent of being a good dad to them is taking their child to Chuck E. Cheese, buying their kid Xbox giving their kid what they want, and everybody thinks, wow, that's a good father. But there's so much more to it. And let me just challenge you men, we've gotta learn. We've gotta learn from the greatest father how to be a father. Because if you don't learn, can I scare you real quick? You will be exactly like the father you had. I know that hurts. I know. I got to hurt you to help you today. Because some of you are taking this way too lightly. Just because you can make babies doesn't make you a father. And some of us, we ain't doing the work. We're too comfortable. When you know how, much, how, how bad your father afflicted himself on you, whether it was through his addictions, whether it was just through the evil, his rebellion in his life, Or even just his absenteeism, how he was never there for you. (laughs) I've been in ministry now 30 years. I've counseled so many people. I've sat on the opposite side of a couch from somebody telling me situations that they are doing to their kids that were done to them. And they've said, pastor, I never thought I would be like my dad, but I'm realizing I'm exactly like him. Church, the reason I'm spending so much time on this is because this is your off rant. How long are you gonna keep that generational curse of fatherlessness going in your life? How long are you gonna keep that generational absentee father thing going? This is your off-ramp today. God the Father wants you to learn about his heart so that you can change the way your family tree is bent, so that you can see today that God's heart for you is so much different. Ladies, you need to learn about the heart of the father because if you're single, you got no business marrying a young boy. You need to marry a father. Right. I don't mean somebody with kids. Come on, easy, easy. Some of you are like, oh, okay, all right. You got, you got kids? That's not what I mean. I mean somebody with fatherhood potential. It's one of the most important qualities that we can have, listen, in society. It's so important. I want you to think about this. It's so important that God could have revealed himself as anything. And he chose to send Jesus Christ to the earth to reveal God to us as father. He could have very well chose mother. It could have very well been Jesus. Jesus could have been preaching. Listen, I am here to reveal to you the mother God. And, and I think we would be way more comfortable understanding God as mother. I think it would be way more easy for us to go. Oh, okay. God's my mother. Okay. But let me just tell you something. We're, we're way more familiar with those qualities and their great qualities. Come on. How many know, how many love their mama, their mama? Come on. Oh, come on. We got some mamas in the house. Amen. You're sitting next to your mom right now. Give her a big kiss. Go ahead. Give her. If you're sitting next to your mom, give her a big kiss right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't leave her hanging. Oh my gosh. Anybody else? Praise God. Good, good, good. There you go. Listen, we love our moms, right? We love our moms. Some of us, if it wasn't for our mom, we wouldn't have made it. But Jesus in his infinite wisdom did not come to reveal those qualities. And God, in his infinite wisdom, when he thought about you and I, he said to himself, I must reveal myself to them as their dad. The actual word is Abba, Father, which goes beyond father. And it's really, uh, in the Hebrew, it's like daddy. I got to be their daddy. Daddy is a different term than father. Daddy is an intimate term. Daddy is a a, a term of safety, of endearment, of trust, of intimacy. And we've got to understand that that's the heart of God. And we've got to embrace these values and we've got to reprogram our mind. Or, If I could say it like the book of Romans says it, we need to renew our minds so that we can be transformed. Now, if you're a male in this, in, in this room right now, if you're a young man, an old man, we've got to learn the heart of God so that we can reflect that towards others. Uh, if you're a female in here, you need to get understanding of this because then you will trust God like you've never trusted him before. See, we don't have a sin issue in the church. We don't have a rebellion issue in the church. The issue that I believe we have is we lack understanding of how much God loves us. Because if you understand how much God loves you, you begin to read the Bible through a different lens. Can I just tell you, the world looks at the Bible and it's a book of rules. Don't do this, don't do this. Ah, Quit doing that, don't touch that, don't go there. And then we make it a book of rules where it's like, these are rules to get to heaven. These are the rules to go to hell. But boy, aren't these rules to go to hell a lot of fun and uh, those rules to go to heaven. Why can't I do this? And then we wrestle and we, we go back and forth because we don't read the Bible through the lens of understanding that the author of the Bible is writing it to his sons and daughters, And everything that this loving father tells me not to do, it's not because he wants to ruin my fun. It's not because he wants to make me a nerd. Come on, somebody. It's because he wants me to have a good life. He wants me to marry somebody that is worth marrying. He wants me to have good children that will continue in the lineage of serving God. He wants my business to flourish. He wants me to have enough money that I can take care of my family and bless his church. He wants all these things. So when I read the Bible through the context of understanding God's heart as my Father, as they say, it hits different. It hits different. If you just think it's a book of rules and regulations, We say this all the time in in counseling parents, rules without relationship breed rebellion. And so what we have in a lot of American churches today are people that still rebel against God's word because they don't understand God's heart. So we read scriptures that are hard, right? I mean, I I was just uh, talking to some other pastors and it was a guy that I know, he, he speaks a lot to young adults. And he, he, he tells me, he says, you know, I travel all over America. One of the things I'm most shocked about is that young adult Christians still are having premarital sex and calling themselves Christians. They still sleep around. They still get down. They still creep and yet go to church every Sunday. And in their mind, they go, well, pastor, it's just that when I see those scriptures in there, uh, you know, it's 2022 and uh, don't you have to try the milk before you buy the cow? (laughs) And I say, first of all, don't call her a cow, okay? (laughs) But there's all these trains of thought, right? Like that actually makes sense to some people. Well, I got to make sure we're compatible sexually before I put a ring on her finger. See, all that sounds good, but see, when you understand there's a loving father who loves you like a dad, and he tells you, hey, don't have premarital sex, you understand the heart of that. The heart of that is to protect the son, the daughter. It's different. It hits different. Then if you just think, oh, this is an old book from, you know, thousands of years ago, but come on, it's outdated. It's not outdated when you understand God's heart. Cuz then when you understand God's heart, here's the here's the big deal, right? Here's the big thing. When you understand how much God loves you and his heart for you, it's easier to obey it. Now, I didn't say it's easy. It's easier. So when I read scriptures that tell me, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I should bring 10% of my income into his house, and I understand, well, why would a loving father tell me that? Oh, he's telling me that for my benefit. It's easier to obey that than somebody that doesn't know God as father. They read that and they go, oh, that's one of them rules I ain't down with. I ain't there yet, pastor. I don't know about that one right there. You know, uh, but when you understand why is God your father telling you that and you begin to read Luke and you read, begin to read all the rest of the gospels and you come across scriptures that say give and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will what you give to God come back to you in greater quality, quantity and kind? You could see why God is saying, hey, if you give this to me, I now have something to multiply back to you. See, it, it, it hits different, but in the church, we don't understand God's heart. Let me give you some scripture real quick. Is this helping anybody today? Look at Hosea chapter one, verse 10. If you've never read Hosea, it's a wild book. It's in the Old Testament, and it's written during a time where Israel had left God. They were no longer following God. They had followed all the gods of the Philistines, the gods of their enemies. And so God is fed up with it. He tells his prophet Hosea. He says, hey, Hosea, I'm gonna use you as an illustrated sermon. Hosea's like, cool, what do you want me to do? God says, I want you over there to go on uh, Stockton Boulevard. And you know them girls that are out there at night, you know, from about 10 to uh, one o'clock, those street walkers, those prostitutes, He says, I want you to go over there and you're going to see one. Her name is Gomer. How many know that's a jacked up name? (laughs) Gomer, the prostitute. (laughs) Tells you what level she was probably at too, but I don't want to get into that. He says, go marry her. He says, why God? Aren't you glad we ain't in the Old Testament no more where God's going to flip the script on you like that? He says, why God? He goes, because you're going to be my example to show Israel, just like you're marrying a harlot. They have yoked themselves up to a harlot in serving other gods. And he used that as an example to tell them, you guys have left me. And instead of choosing to be with me, you've you've chosen to marry a whore. But then he breaks this off in verse 10 and look what he says. There will come a day when the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the seas, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in this place where it was said to them, you are not my people. Listen to this. There it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. And thousands of years before Jesus is sent, God prophesies and says, there will come a time where you guys will know me as father, as daddy, and not just your God. Because can I tell you something? There's a difference. There's a difference. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 16 and 18. This is in the New Testament now. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's talking to them, kind of like I was talking to y'all last week. How many remember last week's message? Make room for Jesus. Amen. And we took those pieces of paper that represented idols in our life and we cast them down and we said, we're going to make room for Jesus in our life. How many remember that message? How many did something with that message? If you did something with that message, your life won't ever be the same. If you just heard that thing and was like, oh, that was a good word and went home and did your deal. You missed the entire thing. But look what he's writing. He's preaching the same thing here. He says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, and what agreement has the temple of God with your idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I dwell in them and I walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now listen to this. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I'll receive you. Now catch this, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Guys, we have become so conditioned with that understanding that God is our heavenly father that it doesn't even mean nothing to you. So we need to unpack that a little bit because it needs you need to grasp how amazing it is to have God as your heavenly father. First off, we need to strip off the lie that everybody on this big blue marble called planet Earth is a child of God. That is a lie. Now, I know, I know we love to say that. We love to believe that because it sounds so warm and fuzzy. But can I just tell you, that's not what the Bible teaches The Bible teaches that the ones that are the sons and daughters of God are the ones that have made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Now, why is it so uh, important to understand that everybody on this planet is not sons and daughters of God? Because you need to understand this. Number one, you're special. Number two, you are are not like them. Now, I know that sounds derogatory. Pastor, what do you mean us and them? Us and them. I'm just reading to you the Bible, right? And I'm not teaching you this so you can be arrogant and and look down on sinners and look down on those that don't know Jesus. But you better believe we ain't the same. Because if you think we're the same, then you're going to see church and the things of God as just another thing in your life. We're not the same. The other reason you need to know that we ain't the same is you need to understand why it's so important that you get uncomfortable and you help reach people who don't know God as Father. And yesterday I sat in here and did a funeral for a bunch of people that don't know God the Father, and it broke my heart. Because you could see, without God as Father, there's no answer for the pain. There's no answer for the heartache. So what happens? Let's smoke weed. Let's drink the henny. Let's drown the pain. But the pain never goes. And it lingers for 30, 40, 50 years until one day those people will die and not be entering into the presence of God because they never met God their father mm-hmm. all the while they lived right next door to you yeah. Yeah. who could have told them uh, they work right in the next cubicle next to you at the office and you never once let them know you even go to church yeah. they're sitting in your english class and while you're worried about being cool you didn't even tell them you were a christian wow. you didn't invite them to the youth group You're just so concerned about things that don't matter. But sometimes what contributes to that deception is you think we're all the same. Guys, we're not. We have an advantage. And what made that decision that some of you made many days ago to give Jesus Christ your life was you came into adoption to a heavenly father that loves you. Why am I making this point so big? Is because the devil has lied to you. We're not all children of God. Not yet anyways. Look at 2 Corinthians even points out. He tells us, hey, you guys, God is not gonna share the temple of the Holy Spirit with idols. We dealt with this last week. And so he gives this instruction before telling you God is your father. He says, y'all must come out from among them. Don't be still living like you were before you came to Jesus. Come out of that life. Come out of that life of darkness and come into the light. And do you know what I see a lot of Christians doing? Still living in darkness. We date like we're in darkness. We go to work like we're in darkness. We talk like we're in darkness. We act like we're in darkness. I'll cut you. I'll cut you right now. You know, we have all these attitudes. We have all these things like we're in darkness, but yet we claim to be in the light. And you want to know why? Because you don't understand the heart of your father. You have not yet learned to trust his word. You have not yet learned when he tells you to come out from among them it, it, it'd be like me telling my son, hey, don't join that gang. There ain't nothing left for you in that gang except for death and jail. Now, any loving father in this room would instruct their kid in that way. Can I get an amen? amen. And any loving mother would do the same. Can I get an amen? amen. How much more does our heavenly father plead with us? to come out of the world and be separate. And he goes on to say, I'll be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. See, Romans chapter eight takes it a little further in verse 15, and it says this, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That translation, whom we cry out, Daddy papa. It's intimate. And then it says here, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we, we are children of God. See, Satan wants you to think, ah, that, that father God thing, that's not a big deal. Let me tell you, it's a huge deal. Yeah, that's right. It's a big deal. And if you don't get it, you may never receive all that God has for you. Yeah. Some of you are still relating to God like he's your Creator. Some of you have made God, God, but you don't understand him as father. Because when you understand what this is talking about, you got to look historically about what it means to be a son. See, historically in these times, even when this Bible was being written, being a son was a huge deal. Because whatever the father had, the sons and daughters had. Come on, how many know that to be true? I want you to write these things down because we need to re, re renew our minds and get the, catch the fullness of why it's important to understand who you are. You see, because when you understand God is your Father, you got to understand that being a child of God has benefits. How many know there's benefits to who, depending on who your mother and father are? How many believe that LeBron James's sons have some benefits? Only one person believes that? He got some benefits, don't he? LeBron James clocking in at over some hundred million a year, his son's got some benefits. They can probably go anywhere they want on the planet Earth. They can probably have any type of designer clothing they want. They can probably go to whatever school they desire. Listen, money is no object. I call that a benefit. But can I just tell you something? You and I, when we understand that God is our father, you'll understand that you got benefits. What are some of the benefits of being a son? I want you to write this down. Number one, sons have favor. Sons have favor. What does that mean? Like I said, have you ever been nice to somebody because of who their dad was? Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. How about your boss comes to work and he brings his little bratty son? Little bratty son's running around there like he owns the place. But what do you do? You give him a pass. You say, come on over here. You bring him. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? He just looks at you. (laughs) You want a cookie? You give him some candy. Did that kid deserve that? Nope. Is he a brat? Probably. Probably. But who's his dad? Who's his mom? Your boss? So guess what he's going to get from you? Favor. Has anybody ever experienced that? Come on. That's how life works. But guess what? In this scenario, you're the brat. You're the brat. You go through life. You do some stuff but God is right there. Give him the job anyway. I don't know why, you don't even qualify for this promotion, but you know what? We're going to take a chance on you. You know what that's called? Favor. When I moved to California, I had a tough time buying, uh, getting a job and stuff. And I remember the first job I got, the guy looks at me and he goes, you know what? You're not qualified for this, but we're going to hire you anyway. I walked out of that office and I said, Favor because of who my dad is because I don't qualify. See, sons and daughters have favor. Why is your marriage going to make it and your neighbor's is not? Favor. Why do your kids get the the, uh, 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 attention at school and the other kid doesn't? Favor. Why did you get the grant and the other person didn't? Favor. Sons and daughters have favor. What's another thing that sons and daughters have? We have access. This is how I know we don't understand the heart of a father. Because how do you understand God as a father has given you access, yet you never pray? Makes no sense. Or, or, or here's, the, here's the big thing. We treat coming to church like it's a big deal. Like, oh, I made it to church today. You know, I did my good thing. And then you, you're like in here going, man, when's this pastor gonna hurry up and get done? I got other stuff to do. Like there's more important things in your boring life. Why do we think like that? Because we don't understand the access we have. If you understood the access you had, you would lean into every word I'm speaking. And you would hear it from God, a father that is trying to speak to you about something you are gonna deal with this week. Every week you come, your father is trying to to pinpoint and give you something. What is he giving you? He's giving you access. A son and a daughter take advantage of that access. How many got kids in here, amen? Boy, do they take advantage of that access, amen? You trying to chill. Sometimes my wife and I are just laying in our bedroom and that door will swing open, I'm like, boy, you better knock, because you don't know. I'm going to scar you for life. you just running in our out there. Oh, dad, I I just, I I need to talk to you. I need to ask you something. You know, all my kids have done it at all different stages of their life. Oh, we just need to talk to you. Okay, sit down. What do you need? And and they have access. They have access. And they take advantage of it. Why? Because that's what sons and daughters do. Can I just tell you, if you are struggling to pray or to be in church, it's because you don't understand the Father's heart. Because if you understood his heart for you, you would run to him for everything. And you don't need the Hennessy now. Oh, you can laugh all you want, but some of y'all run to Hennessy. And you run to weed. You Oh, let me just take the edge off. I gotta go get my weed. I gotta get this. See, if you understood God's heart as your father... You'd run to him just like my kids. My kids don't care what I'm doing in that room. They need, they need to care, but they don't. <laughs> they don't care I had a hard day at work. They need me right now. Dad, I need to talk to you about something, man. I need, I need to talk to you. Mom, I need to talk to you. They just come, pop themselves on the couch. I'm watching my favorite show. The game is on, and they'll be quick to just be like, hey, hey, boom, talking right in front of them. I'm like, hey, come on, guys. But you know why they do that? Because they know they have access. You know why you don't do it? Because you don't realize God's heart for you. I'm trying to help somebody today because you, try, you think you're just so undisciplined. Well, I don't pray because of this. I don't pray because of this. I'm telling you, if you grasp God's heart for you, everything will change. Sons and daughters have access. Some of you just don't even believe you're important enough to interrupt God. First of all, it's not an interruption. God is so big, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. He can be helping a kid in India and he's helping you. He can be helping all the Ukrainians in that war right now because some people like to try to sound all smart and holy. Well, God's got bigger things to worry about with the Ukraine and everything, so I don't even bother him. You just showed how ignorant you are to the greatness of God because God is so great. He's helping all those Ukrainians out. He's over there fighting stuff in Asia with the Chinese. And he's in your room saying, what do you need, son? He's that great. He's that omnipresent. Get him out of your small box thinking. You have access. Sons and daughters have access. Now I tell you what, everybody don't have the same access that my kids do. I don't take calls at every moment of the night. If you call me because you need something from me as your pastor at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, can I just help you with something? You might not get through. Why? Because you're not my son or my daughter. My son or my daughter, they can get at me any other time. And you're the same way, right? How How many are tracking what I'm putting down right now? It's different, it's different. They say, we don't understand. Because the devil has deceived us, we're all the same. We think it's all the same for all of us. No, you have more access to God than somebody that doesn't know him. What else do sons have? Sons got benefits. Sons got benefits. You parents know you got a refrigerator full of food that your kids ain't paid a dime for, but they eating it like they bought it all. I know my kids do. And guess what? It's all right. It's the benefit of being my son. I may say something every now and again, but God don't. Come on, dads. How many know you're with me sometimes? You buy, is all the chicken gone already? What? God don't ever do that, though. God is way better than us. I bought some grapes the other day. And it lasted like three hours. So I had to say something. I said, who ate the grapes? But you know what's great? God don't say nothing. God will let you eat the grapes and the chicken, come on, and the cake. <laughs> benefits. Yeah. Benefits. But you know what? We don't take advantage of those benefits because we don't understand God's, God's favor uh, over our lives. Guess what else? Sons have in his Inheritance. That's really the biggest revelation behind why God said, I'm your father, because he wants you to understand. See, whatever is the father's is the son's. Whatever God has, y'all ready? You have. Oh, well, pastor, where is it? Well, let's think about that word inheritance real quick. In the state of California and in most of the United States, you don't receive an inheritance until the age of maturity. The age of maturity in California is 18, but how many know that's debatable? Talking maturity and you just wanna play video games all day. Don't get me started on that. But listen, the age of maturity is is when that inheritance is released. Could this be why there are blessings in your life that have been held up? Because you ain't mature. Because let me tell you something about being a Christian. Time does not mature you in the body of Christ. You and I both know Christians that have been in the church 10, 20 years and they still act like spiritual babies. And the church said, but you can mature fast in one year. You can mature fast in two years. Because maturity comes to a believer when they hear the word and they do it, simple. So in your inheritance, I'm looking around the room. Some of you over here are in a certain field. Some of you over here are in real estate. One of you over here is a salesperson. Other one over here is a pastor your inheritance from God. The reason he created you was to be a success in that field, but he cannot release you to it until you mature. So quit playing games. Tell your neighbor, quit playing games. Tell your other neighbor, it's time to grow up. I got an inheritance. I got an inheritance. Let me me, me tell you this, and I don't say this to brag, but I say this as an example, right? So I got saved at 19 years old. Within two years, I was ordained a pastor. Now, part of that was just my path. Don't compare it yourself to me. But another part of that was I said, I'm going to mature in God. And I got real serious. And I said, God, if it's in your word, I'm going to do it. So I started reading and everything that the word told me to do, I did it. So I broke up with my, with my girlfriend, stopped having sex with her. I stayed single. I lived for God. I threw out all my uh, uh, influences of the world, all my NWACDs. Come on somebody. All my two live crew stuff. I quit going to that kind of thing. I left my day ones behind. My friends that I grew up with that were about that lifestyle And I made everything about maturing. And you know what happened? Within two years, God released my inheritance to me. This is a word for somebody out here. You know how much God wants to bless you as your dad? You know how much God just wants to rain out on you purpose as your father? He's just waiting for you to get serious with him. He's just waiting for you to show that you trust him. Because let's let's talk about it for just one second. What is maturity? Maturity can be summed up in a small little thing right here. Let me sum up maturity for you right now. A mature Christian is somebody who understands that everything that they receive from God, they are now responsible to give it out to others. That's maturity. Can I tell you what immaturity is? Immaturity is this, knowing that God has forgiven you from all your dirt, your bad attitude, your mistakes, the dumb stuff you've said. Come on, somebody. He forgives you and even says he forgets it. But the moment somebody hurts your feelings, the moment somebody somebody wrongs you, you just can't forgive them. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe they said that. They didn't treat me right. I'm leaving this church. Boy, that pastor has no love. And you're all unforgiveness forgetting that. God forgave you of all your junk. Why can't you forgive the people that wrong you? Oh, I will if they apologize. It's not how it works. See, that's maturity. That's maturity. But we still got people running around, holding holding in all this unforgiveness. You do me wrong, I do you wrong. That's not maturity. That's immaturity. We still got people gossiping, talking bad about folks when you got no reason to talk about nobody because you're even more jacked up. Come on, somebody. We got people judging and casting. That's all immaturity. Immaturity. What does maturity look like? Everything you receive from Jesus, give out to others. So if Chris does me wrong and he does me wrong and he talks bad about me, guess what I have to do as a mature Christian? No, not punch him in the mouth. Who said that? Who said that? I've got to forgive him. Do I want to forgive him? No. Do I have to forgive him? Yes. Period. And if it's hard to forgive them, every day I make a choice. I forgive that fool. I forgive that punk. I forgive that jerk. Two weeks later, it's like, man, I forgive him. That's my brother. But that's what I got to do. Why? Because I want to mature. I want to mature. Does God meet all my needs? Does God give me a job? Do I get a paycheck every week? Now God says, good, now tithe. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know about all that, God, because this, that, excuse, excuse. I don't know about this. See, that's immaturity. Because if God meets your needs, he asks you to simply help meet the needs of his house. A mature Christian puts that to bed. It's like, it's done. No more excuses, no more wrestling, no more like, well, it's a tough month. God knows my heart. Grow up. Because once you grow up, inheritance comes into your life. And that marriage that y'all are waiting to have, God wants you to have that more than you want it. But he's waiting for you to mature. Just think about whatever area of life you're in. God don't want, you're his kid, y'all. God don't want you being an okay salesman, an okay real estate agent. Listen, my kids I want to see them do well. And guess what? So do you. So do you. Right? You sign little junior up for soccer. He's the worst on the team. He's kicking in the wrong goal. Can't even run. Arms are all just wondering like this. What do you do? You go get that boy lessons and you pay the money. And you get him up at 5 a.m. and you get them over there and you, and you talk to him, and you say, hey man, put your arms right when you run. And you work with him a little bit. Why? Because you want him to succeed more than he wants to succeed. And in the beginning, little junior's like, I don't wanna go to soccer practice. I don't wanna get better. But you're like, son, you gotta get better because you look crazy out there. <laughs> and the game is so much funner when you're good at it. And so you get him out there and he's doing it. And then he gets good. And then it's like, oh, he's, he likes being, I'm doing baseball. I'm talking soccer. And then, you know, he's, he likes it out there now. Guys, that's what being a father is like. God wants you to be the best you can. And he's got an inheritance for you. See, all these things, guys, you might be wondering like, well, pastor, where, where is it going to happen? It happens when you believe for it. This is why God has chosen through preaching, right? It may seem foolishness to the world that we come to church every Sunday and hear a message and the world goes, I love God, I don't want that though, I don't need that though, because they're not sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters recognize we need our loving father's voice. I need him to tell me how to be a good husband. I need to learn from his word how to be a good wife, how to be a good mom, how to be a good dad. I need his word, my loving father, to teach me how to run my business. See, children understand their place in the family of God. And here's the big thing. How do we access favor? How do we access benefits and all these things? It's through faith in Jesus Christ. How does faith come? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Today, the reason I'm talking about the heart of God is because I want you to experience it. You can't experience it if you don't hear about it. Because what you're hearing is building faith for the things you're hearing. And your faith then has to begin to have a corresponding action that because you believe it, the first thing that should happen is you should start talking different. You should begin to start saying things different that should come out of your mouth about who you are. A good thing to wake up every day confessing is that you are God's favorite. Come on, say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. I am God's favorite. Look at your neighbor and make them a little jealous and tell them right now, I am God's favorite. Some of you got mad right there. No, you ain't. See, let me tell you something, a whole nother message. That's an orphan spirit. Orphans get jealous. Sons and daughters, we ain't need to do that. I want you to leave here today understanding this. The heart of God is the heart of a father, your father. And as much as an earthly mom and dad want to do good to their kids, God wants to do good for you. So why not listen to him, right? The person that God wants you to marry is better than you think you're even qualified to pull in. Come on, somebody. But here's the thing. You'll only find them if you listen to him. As long as you're listening to boo-boo in them, come on, y'all know in them. Keep listening to in them, you're going to get one of them. <laughs> but when you understand how much God... See, I got the, I, I'm not telling you something I read in a book. One of the first things I did, I said, God, he called me in the ministry. I said, I want, if I'm going to get married, God, you got to send me a good one. God says, if you want a good one, you got to do it my way. And he said, I don't want you dating anymore. I said, well, God, how am I going to get one then? He said, you're going to listen to me is how you're going to get one. And I did. And I always got to say this. I had options, y'all. I had options, okay? what I wasn't not dating because I couldn't get a date. But I did it God's way. And I believe I got God's best for me. God will do it for you. But see, the reason you don't listen because you don't know it's hard. That's my whole reason to share in this this month is I want to bring you closer to the heart of God. Because if you're closer to the heart of God, you're going to do good without even trying. And some of you have been trying, trying to pray. I just can't pray. I'm trying to get to church. It's just a struggle every week. If I could get to show you the heart of God, you will run to his throne every day. You will run to his house every day. Things will get so much easier for you because you trust that God has good things for you. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Father, I just pray for every person here today that they would grasp the word tonight, today. That they would grasp the spirit of what your word says that you love us like a dad, not just a father, but a daddy who desires intimacy with us, who desires good things. I pray for every person, Lord, that has a hard time trusting you because of their past. Because maybe their earthly father let them down. Because maybe when they were in darkness, they didn't feel like you were with them. But Father, as they have come into this marvelous light, as they have made you Lord, things are different now. They're adopted into the family of God. I pray they would leave here believing that they are your favorite. Come on, just, just stay with me for a minute. I want you to just keep your eyes closed. I want you to think about those words that you are God's favorite because Satan has been lying to some of you. You're so afraid your dream's not going to happen. You're so afraid that the thing you're believing for may never take shape. And he's lying to you because of God's love for you. His heart is to bless you. His heart is to strengthen you. And keep your eyes closed for a moment longer. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I know that's right, but I gotta get things right to him, for with him. Let's do that. Because he's a loving father. He's not mad at you. He wants to welcome you home. And if you're here and you need to get your life right with God, just slip up a hand. I would love, I would love to pray with you. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand there. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're raising your hand right now, we're all gonna pray this prayer together. The Bible says this. He's a loving father. He'll never cast you away. And you came here today for this moment. In a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And as we all pray this with these folks that have raised their hand, the Holy Spirit's gonna forgive you. And he's gonna restore you back into the family of God. And as long as you choose Jesus, he will never leave you or forsake you. When you fall, he'll pick you up. Let's pray this together. Everybody say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I haven't been walking with you, but today I'm coming home. Receive me and forgive me. I repent of those old ways and today be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed for a moment. What is happening is the Holy Spirit is now coming over your life, erasing the shame, erasing erasing the mistakes. And you're gonna leave this building today with a clean slate. Take your father's heart, take your father's hand and let him lead you in this life this week. Everybody say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for making me God's favorite. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.